All right, welcome one, welcome all, welcome back to the studio here at Franklin Bridge. Uh, we're back on video, we're back on audio. I know um, some of you guys have been asking about, uh, where's the podcast, Jack, when you see me on the range or in the clubhouse, and uh, here it is, here it is. So we appreciate you guys listening, and uh, I guess this will be starting the kickoff of a just brand new season of, yeah. of the podcast here. You know, unless we did that at two, epi- two or three episodes I mean, ago. I can't remember. I can't it. remember at this point. Um, <laughs> well, you know, we've got lots of new things. We've got a new building coming, finalizing all those details early next week. Um, it's going to be um, the company we're using that's done a lot of these. He's like, it's going to be the, the nicest one in the state of Tennessee, our teaching building. So... I feel like Franklin Bridge. About that. We're making some moves because I remember when we uh, when we opened up the the putting green too. I mean, Brooks was making a huge deal about that being was it the second biggest in the region? Yep. Um, and so I mean, dude, we got some statement additions to Franklin Bridge in the last couple of years. Yeah, no, it's um, we've had a lot of incredible additions. Uh, we're adding a bunch of people to my staff this summer. Um, we've really narrowed down the tour shop. Uh, we just did a big grip sale. We did over 300 grips in one week. That's so nuts. So, and it, it actually it reminded people, yeah, Erica, dude, like. Erica was wearing that out. Um, and then we're doing uh, 20% off putters. So by the time you hear this, you'll probably miss out on that sale. Um, but no, we'll put this up uh, either Friday or Saturday, I think this week. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So you'll still have a chance to get in on the 20% off putters plus a 20 minute, um, putting lesson as a part of that so it'll be a fit not just like coming and buy whatever putter you want like we're gonna make sure you've got your motion tight and it's gonna be like those 15 minute evals i used to do right so like it's gonna be a blitz but i'll have you in the right putter in that amount of time no that's so fun because i think that like one thing about putting is i mean you're talking about um speed for the most part right speed control and i and feel face like control. You can just control absolutely face, right absolutely face control and and just speed of your putt and so i feel like if you can walk out of a store i.e the tour shop here in at franklin bridge and know that that thing is perfectly built for you in any way shape and form i feel like that gives you so much confidence when you go out and start putting with it i do too and uh, we typically start people like you know what putter on the wall like grabs your attention right like what do you like the look of you know what win what wins the uh you know looks contest and so because if you don't like the look of it no matter how good it performs you're not going to execute it with a you know confident positive motion so it's not going to work out well we've talked you. about that on past podcasts too where um sometimes like for example an iron could be better for a player statistically but if they don't like the look of it well, you you can't mm-hmm. play it Mm-mm. it was funny we uh actually down the pga show almost a month ago now. Wow. That's that pretty long ago. Um, we, these guys were fitting me for this shaft and like, it should fit based on my swing profiles, club head speed. I was like, "Mm, it's not it. It's not it. Like really? And these guys were the designers of the shaft. That's what made me like 119 mile an hour club head speed. Like, Nope, not it. Not it. You know? And so I looked at Elijah and Elijah looked at me. I didn't have to say anything. And Elijah's like, here, try this one. And just smoked it. And I'm like, that's it. Like, I can tell as soon as you put it in my hands. It's just like, there's more to fitting than just numbers, right? If we were robots, just numbers would be perfect. But we're not. We're humans. We have feels. We have sensations that you have to buy into. So, uh, you know, lots of stuff. I mean, 
shoot, I've got one more full-time staff coming in, um, two summer interns, and then a long-term summer help. I mean, it's just, this place is just growing and expanding and lots of exciting plans for the tour shop as well. And this building will disappear here, hopefully within the next three to eight weeks. So nuts. It's so, so new. I'll be without already, a building yeah. for a few months, but yeah. <laughs> I went without a building for eight years. So I think it can handle, uh, yeah, you can definitely handle three that. to five months. So uh, well, a lot, lots of new things happening here at Franklin Bridge, yeah. but I kind of want to start uh, tailoring this in the direction of uh, what our listeners can expect for 2024. And when I'm talking about that, I mean their own personal game. Well, I think the first one is, if you're a regular listener, is to sign up for our first... We actually have a date for Play With The Pod. It's Sunday, March 31st. Your team needs to Venmo me $750. It's $250 a person. We'll have some awesome swag. We're going to Johnson City, Tennessee. Uh, it's four and a half hour drive, so like you could do it in a day. Jack and I will probably go over the night before, um, find a place to stay. But seven hundred fifty bucks includes golf. Play nine with Jack, then flip the side to play nine with me. So we're only taking six people. So jump in that. You can only get the swag then. Like you can't get it any other way. So super cool stuff. I remember the best head cover here at the bridge was the river. I have it. Dude, yeah. dude, it's so good. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So we don't have it set, but we're going to make it really special, something super cool. And just be a fun day. And why Johnson City, Tennessee, is we're going to look at some of these old school architects so you can kind of nerd out with us a little bit on golf course architecture and design. Once your team is signed up, we'll send you some stuff to like research. But we're going to Edward Tillinghast uh, design golf course. It's the only one in the state of Tennessee. So he's done mostly like Northeast and like Midwest, but Tennessee got a bypass except for one golf course. It's 110 years old. So it's a short golf course, but it's not easy. That's so good. So Johnson City Country Club. That'll be awesome. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to that. <laughs> March 31st. And close to my alma mater, University of Tennessee. Yep. It'll be fun to go back. And, yeah. So uh, we, I love East Tennessee. It's so so we've got, uh, you got six weeks to sign up for that sooner the better get your team um already got one guy it's like sign me up i don't have any, any other guys to go I was like that's fine so we have one guy in he needs two playing partners so come and join us support the pod uh some of the dollars are going to go to getting some upgrading equipment background um and promotion to reach more people so just keep trying to provide a better quality product well, so you got to start there. You got to sign up and come to those that's number one so i think we're gonna do them like once every six weeks six to eight weeks to really make them special so That's come great. and join us let's do it uh johnson city country club march 31st see you there um okay well now that we got all the promos out of the way how are we actually going to bring some value to the people who are listening today and uh how you can set some golf goals for you personally and uh, accomplish them in 2024 so you're gonna love this and the ladies at rsa that listen to this i, I think are really gonna enjoy this but you know, how often do we hear about players getting burnout? Um, how do often do we hear about players like losing interest or losing motivation when they play and practice? And, you know, especially if you have big goals, like really big goals, it's easy for that to happen with um, lose sight of where you're trying to go because big goals take a lot of time. Um, so the way we're going to do this actually comes through a failure of mine as a teacher. I'm not known as the like fun teacher right 
especially for little kids. Like that's just not me. I struggle with that with my own kids. Like I'm the one who wants to like sit down with the, you know, 15 year old who's really struggling like with school or at home and like really help them build that mental fortitude and strength. And that's just like, that's for a certain person. That's just not me for, for the most part. So as a part of that, sitting with my team, they're like, yeah, this class is really boring. I was like, great probably needs to be more fun this is not for this age level so as a part of that i had a couple of girls in here they all come together all sisters and i was like i'm gonna write down your goals but as i put up goals at the top it like cued to me i was like why don't i ask this question and i drew a line down the center and on that side i said what are your interests like what about the game is fun for you like what's interesting and I realized in the moment, like these are, you know how you like have ahas as you're doing stuff? I went, oh my gosh, this is why people get burnt out. And this is why kids run out of mo- motivation or they love the game, they don't love it anymore. The things that got them excited and having fun, in the process of reaching those goals, they let go of those things. When actually, oh. when actually those interests, if they're used appropriately, can both achieve the goal probably faster and they can achieve it and still have the fun and the excitement that keeps them in it for the long term, long haul. And I'm like, that's, that's the burnout. Like you ask them like, why do you love the game? I don't know. It's so interesting. Cause my suggestion was going to be like, okay, just like have a goal to start out. You got to be able to reach for something first. Like you got to be able to say like, Hey, like, you know, let's anchor to something. That's what I and, thought too. And yes. For example, like, I don't think that's a bad question to ask. And I think it is the question to ask, but it may not be the, it's not the most important. Question. It's not the important. Qu- well, okay, hold on. I they're think both, they're both important. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think the the question is so valid. What is your goal this year? Because I think you have to set something and you have to accomplish it in order for it to be achieved, right? But I think that goal has to be linked to those interests that you put on the board, which is what I think you're getting to. Agree. And so, if you can set a goal that's based on those and basically supports all of your interests that are up on the board. Of course, everybody wants to get better. Of course, everybody wants to get closer and closer to par. But how can you do that in a way that's fun for you and a way that's engaging and pushes you? Well, and that was what was super neat. When I put the interest up there, they had actually forgotten their clubs that day. So it was a perfect time for me to do it. They're like, oh, that is I don't great. know what we can do. Like, we can, you have any clubs we can borrow? Like, we're so sorry. I was like, it's okay. Like, it's part of parenting, right? Like, you accidentally leave them in dad's car. Dad takes off with a different car that day and you just don't have your clubs. And so as I was asking them what their interests were, the three sisters all gave a different answer except for one. What were, what were they? So the common one was they like playing together, like family, like they are super close as a family. And so I was like, well, that's huge to know. You like being together. So sweet. Yeah. It's good that you're coming and taking lessons together, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that may not work for other siblings. You're like, I don't want to have anything to do with my brother or my sister. So, um, that was the common one. Uh, they all said it was fun. I was like, well, what makes it fun? Like, yeah, obviously it's fun, but like what makes it fun? Um, one of the sisters was like, uh, I like getting to play with and getting to meet people that are not at my school. I was like, well, then you need to play tournament golf or you need to be in one of our camps and classes where there's other girls that aren't a part of your school so good like i would never have like that was one that to me was like that never would have registered with me at all so hers is kind of a social what was another one Mm -hmm. um 
One was I, I like competing. She likes to compete. That's the middle sister of the three. Um, she likes competition. She likes that. And the other, the other two sisters like to compete as well, but for a different reason. Like, I like competing with a team towards a goal. I like competing by myself. I like playing different golf courses. They're all pretty. I like being outside. It's pretty. And then they all said, oh, the clothes. I love the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't go for just girls either. Like, no, I'm a huge gearhead. Like, you know, the t- if we can get on the Tiger Tangent logo, but um, the new Taylor made. We should touch on that. <laughs> but like, their goals were all different. Like, what part of the game do you like the most? Oh, I I like hitting driver. And one of the girls like I like practicing my short game. Like, they all had. It's all different. Different interests. Now I'm curious. Let's do it real quick with us. What do you enjoy? We've kind of talked about mm, it. I like that it's difficult. Mm. and I like the parallels to to life and like how exposed you are and um, for me I like competition but I like competition from a team aspect because I've never played my best in individual competition I've played my best in team competition or still playing as an individual but I have somebody to play for I like that Which you can that can go the wrong way like that can you can try too hard for your team and that'd be detrimental but that was like like if I'm struggling through the first four or five holes, I'm like, I'm getting this together. I have to get it together. This is so. Else. This is so interesting. Okay, so you say that you really want like the team aspect, right? Uh-huh. I came from team sports. And I actually enjoy the individuality <laughs> of it because I've never been in a spot where I, the individual, it is on me to get better. It's like mm. my team can't go out and win the game for me if I have a crappy game. Like. It's, you have a crappy game. You have a crappy game. You have a crappy game. game. And and my round yesterday was a com- was the perfect like exclamation point on that. Went bogey, double, bogey, and then ended the last 14 holes three over par. Well, that's the exposed part that we talked about. Yes. We keep talking about, but it's like in baseball, like as a pitcher, if you have a couple of, you know, if you have a poor first couple of innings and you get pulled off the mound – You've got the rest of the team can still save the thing. Or if you're a, if you're a stats guy, all you ha- all the team has to do is just tie the other team, and then you're off the hook for the loss. Like, right? Yeah, but like a lot that doesn't happen in golf. No, like, it doesn't. You, it doesn't. Told, like it's a hundred percent. I what the but the biggest thing that I enjoy, I think it goes hand in hand with what I just said. But I like how I've uh, I've started to grow a little bit more of a resistance in my mental tenacity. Like my mental mm-hmm. tenacity has gotten so much better in other facets of my life just since I played golf. Well, that's the part of golf that I like because it yeah. carries over so well. I just think it's so interesting how you enjoy the team part and you grew up playing golf your whole life and I grew up playing team sport my whole life but I enjoy the individuality. Well, and I think to give you some more like context to that, like to me, like golf, I got dropped off at the golf course and I would stay there for hours and I'd have to go use the the club phone to call home yeah or if my parents need me they call the club and somebody come out in a cart and get me or they just wait for me to finish the nine and then they tell me my parents called like yeah yeah and so who was i with i was with the like same three or four people that we practiced with all the all the time exactly literally three or four people um occasionally there's like a fifth guy that would kind of move in and out of that group but it was all individual for me like if I had a last round of golf to play, like and you had to ask me today who you who you picking, it's going to be you, Eric, and Elijah. <laughs> wow! Like because you yeah. like the three of you mean that much to me, and like I could leave a mark. This would be my last round to play, and I know it would mean something to you all. 
Wow. Like yeah. that would be probably the most joyful round for me to mm. play. Like I would love to spend if my last day wasn't playing golf, I'd spend time with my family. But like No, yeah. But that's pulling it towards like the yeah. game and why and your it, why in the game. Right. And it fits why, you know, when I go for long periods of time not playing or my team goes out and plays and I'm not going with them, like uh, like I, this is this is how I grew up and I'm missing that part and so totally fair. I don't I don't really want to play individual section events. Yeah, part of it's like I'm just nervous about playing bad, but like I really just want to be with the people that I enjoy being with. And I think what's really cool about this and kind of linking everything together with the the three sisters talking about you and me here, it's that like golf is so unique in the fact that I think it's the only game that you can play for completely different purposes yet all play the same round if that makes any sense some guy can whack it around to just have fun some guy can play because the courses are challenging and they really want to make sure that they you know do the things they want to do some people love the equipment some people love being with their family like there's just so many different ways to play the same game and i think that's what makes golf cool and going back to our original point now what are our goals for this year? Well, they could look drastically different for a mom. It could be, I want to play 10, 15 rounds with my kids this year. And for somebody else, it's man, I want to go from a five handicap to scratch. Right. And they're two very different things. Totally. And in that process of achieving those goals, you can't lose what interests you. Mm. And so, or else you won't play anymore. Yeah. You, you'll burn out. You won't like it. You'll feel like you're wasting your time you're right you won't you won't practice you won't put the time in you might for a short period of time but and you won't you probably won't reach the goal or you'll reach it and you won't stay there or it won't be like oh, okay that's all it was yeah because part of what makes the goal worthwhile is the journey along the way that gets you there and the fact that it's something that you want to reach and grab yourself mm-hmm Nobody can set that goal or push you to do that goal for you. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a couple podcasts back when we were talking about that one girl and you, you were just on the lesson tee with her yeah. and talking about like how many days can you practice and how many days do you want to practice? Right. Two completely different questions. Yeah. Well, I actually asked her today. Um, she's Her confidence has come up a lot. And the last two sessions, I pushed her really hard. I said, look, this is how much time we have. You just had your meeting with Erica, like where you want to go this is how hard I need to push you and I just need you to go with me. Like I couldn't do that to her four months ago, five mm. months ago. But I was like, if we want to get there, I promise you I'll get you there. I don't lose. I don't like losing. Like I lose sleep over a golf swing I get stuck on. Like literally I lose sleep. Like I'll dream about the golf swing and I'll wake up. And then when <laughs> I wake up, I, like I'm still thinking about the golf swing until I'm just so tired I won't fall back asleep. Why? I just care that much about people and helping people. And if I don't feel like I did that, I'll do that. And so, well, you know, the crazy thing about that, if I can stop you real quick, mm-hmm. is that you, I mean, that your, your vehicle is the golf swing, but I think what you care more about is that person yeah. reaching something that they want to. Right. Because it's hard and you need somebody to guide you there and you can't do it on your own. You can get, you can move along, but at some point you just can't keep going because there's just things you just don't know. And you don't, you're not getting pushed, but I pushed her really hard and I let her hit it terrible for about 40, 45 minutes. 
and I was monitoring her. We could talk about the five color codes of awareness. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> I was like, where are you? She's like, yellow. So as long as she was still in yellow, I was like, hey, we're great. She's like, I'm teetering on orange. I was like, that means she's she does two That's things. Great. She's confident in herself and she trusts me. I said, all right, now. And she's willing to be uncomfortable. Right. And so <clears throat> then I was like, because we really shortened and tightened the motion on both sides and she didn't hit it very good, but we worked on a piece and that got, the ball did something different, but it wasn't very good. And then I took her back to a full motion, but like still kept the restrictions on it. And she started smoking it and you could see the smile come in. And I said, if you knew that you could do it and be that I could take you there, would that change the way you had practiced from your first, very first lesson? She said, yeah. I said, we could have gotten there in half the time. And I said, this is what I want you to see is where I'm trying to take you to get you ready for college because you're behind, and that's okay, is I can get you there really fast, but it's going to feel really slow. Mm. Like to get to the goal that you want. Let's say you, um, uh, Stephen Cherry listens to the podcast a lot and he's in Cracking the Code, so that's an easy <laughs> And lock. he's going to mention this the next time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like it's um, – He's got a goal to go from like a two to a scratch. So sub zero. Okay, great. So we've put him through CTC through, you know, golf boot camp and he's still not quite there. And I keep coming back at him like, nope, no excuses. No excuses. Well, the green's this. Nope, no excuse. And he knows it too. And he says it, but it's like, don't even, you almost don't even ask the question, right? And so it's to push them through that threshold to push you to those goals, what do you have to give up? In his case, it's giving up control and like just control what you can actually control. You can't control the person you're playing with. You can't control the course conditions. You can't control if the tournament gets called. You can't like, people are like, oh, you know, uh, Wyndham Clark won on that, you know, rain delay. They, they <laughs> cut out the fourth round. That doesn't count. It's like, yeah. Well, play better for three rounds so you don't have to worry about the fourth getting canceled. Like, that happens. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Yeah, that is About crazy. once a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, well, if we had had a fourth round, well, we didn't have a fourth round. That's so good. I love that. <laughs> like, but this is what I do with my – so, to take it to my college players, like, they're like, oh, you know, coach, there's three guaranteed and then the two optional ones. But, like, I was the fourth guy. Like, my score was fourth. I was like, by how many? Two? And what about the guys behind them? Well, there are only two behind him. I was like, don't put yourself in a position to be for the spot to be potentially a coach's pick because the coach may have a reason to not take you to that one. Could be playing conditions, could be preparation for the tournament. Like, there's a whole bunch of reasons. Just play better. Like, that's hard to hear, but like, that's what you need to hear. And if you never start, go to a golf, go to a team that you can start. Well, I'm in high school and I can't do anything about it. Practice more. Practice harder. Like, Dude, all this is just like... It's so hard, but like you have to decide what it is that you want. And golf, the beauty of golf though, like a sport like basketball, like if you don't play on your high school team, there aren't near the number of options to play at a high competitive level oh, as golf is. If you don't make yeah. your high school team, you immediately have high level tournaments you can go play in tomorrow. You don't even have to wait for a schedule and you can set the schedule. Like that's one of the beautiful things about golf is the level of high comp the amount of high level competition is everywhere and most of it's outside of the high school 
outside of season. I think what I love about what you just said, regardless of your age, regardless of what you're trying to do in the game, regardless of if it's golf or in personal life, really, it's like I'm, I've become over the past year, um, been super big on just clarity. I think that if you can ask yourself honest questions and just be clear with yourself about what you have to do to get something done, like I'm grinning from ear to ear listening to what you just said, because I'm like, like it might be hard, but it's the way like it's, it's how you get there. Right. And so it's like, if you could tell yourself, Hey, I've got a, I've got a magic treasure map to hear where if you just follow it, like you will find the gold, like, would you take it? And everybody would say yes. And it's like, what you just said is the treasure map. We, we had, um, I'm doing more and more of this in my teaching of like, not telling people where I'm taking them. Like, I'm sorry. That's just a waste of time. Just do what I tell you to do. We are going to get there. Here's the other question I'd ask those people. I'd be, if they say like, well, where am I, you know, what are we doing next? I'd say, why do you want to know? All right. What, what benefit is there to, you know, yeah. I was telling uh, the mom of the girl that was out here today. She was, uh, she's doing really well. I said, you know, <clears throat> she's like, how do you see all that? How do you know what to fix? I said, I, I, I can't, I can't tell you. I don't know. Right. I can give you reasons why, like here's the deficiencies and all of that. But I said, one of the things that's hard is, and it's, it's really easy to project. Like, so Scott, you need to talk more about what you do. It's like, okay, yeah, I get that. But then I can start projecting too much to try to make myself feel more confident and try and convince people that I'm good enough, which is just me being insecure about what they think about me. But it's really and there's one thing I wish that my students would do, especially the ones that go the, yeah, but what about this? It's like, I wish you knew what I see, right? Like you're asking about that one thing. I see way more than you do. Also, here's Not the- to discount what you're saying, but like, if you don't do the thing that I'm asking you to do, if you, because that person's going to keep asking the yeah, but so, okay, let's chase that thing. And they start working on that and they get that better in 10 or 15 swings or two lessons. They're going to go, well, what about this? I right. noticed this. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. you don't get better when you keep changing direction. You mm-hmm. keep changing course. Like let's get on a course and let's run it. We don't run it long enough. People stop before it gets there. Not where I thought you were going to go, but that's good. I, I was going to say something along the lines I was of say, uh, where did you think I was going to go? Well, well, I'll tell you because I think this also, uh, this is, you were definitely more on the, uh, the, the swing mechanics side. This one is more on the mental side. I was, I saw this, uh, this one video from a, um, I think it was a Harvard professor and she was talking about how, um, the psychology of people worrying about another option. Like if you're deciding between two colleges, let's say I'm deciding between Tennessee and Kentucky, I decide to go to Tennessee and it turns out to be like, okay, let's just say it was average or a little bit above average. There's no point in worrying about what happened. If I would have gone to Kentucky could have been better, could have been worse, but why is it something that you need to, why is it something that you need to think about? It's like you make the decision that you make and you go on the path that you go on and you make the decisions with the information that you have. I ooh, this one's gonna sting. Uh, this is gonna be good though. The reason why I think we do that, well, if I had done this, or what if I had done that, is because, or we this would have been better, is because we don't actually want to take ownership of the reason why the current situation is bad. Ooh, or 
it isn't as good as we would like it to be, which Ooh. means I have to make this situation better. I have to make it work. I Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't mean you don't end up leaving the school or leaving the job, but, like, make it better where you're at before you go. So, like, to give you an example, like a personal example of me having to learn how to do this. So, in 2019, early 2019, I started looking to start out on my own. Uh, nobody on my staff knew about it. I did all that behind the scenes trying to find a job just to see if I could find anything for one. And I had a couple of interviews. A couple of them went okay, went well. I had one that I thought was a lock. And I've been going to counseling to work on some of my like realizing I have to set boundaries in my life because I was a boundaryless person, which meant I was overworked, exhausted. So <clears throat> learning how to take ownership of me not setting boundaries. So what I did was... I had this job that I thought I had nailed. I could have sworn I had this thing nailed. And then I get the call that I didn't get the job. And I was like, like, and at that moment, because of the time of year it was, I was like, I basically have to wait another year. But then in counseling the week after, <clears throat> we talked about it and it's like, probably the reason for that is you were just going to, you hadn't learned how to set boundaries yet because you had just started. You need to learn to set boundaries in the most difficult place for you to set boundaries, which is the place you had none and everybody's used to you having none. So when you start setting boundaries, people get upset. And so you're having to learn how to like, that's hard. Mm. It's easier to set boundaries when you go in the first time, but I wasn't in a habit of doing that. So I had to spend the next year getting used to setting boundaries with Hank, with my students, with their families, with... And that was hard, but like, that's basically the same thing of like, well, and I'm mulled over that for certain, like if I had just gotten that job, it wouldn't be miserable here. But then you probably wouldn't have come up here to the bridge too. Like, <laughs> right. there, which is why, right. which is why and you don't And I was more prepared to be here yes. than I was before. Fair play. And so it's just like, um, the regret and worry is something that I just feel like people need to throw out the window and just make what they have work. And that, that doesn't mean that what you have is bad. In fact, we're big on this podcast of talking about gratitude and making sure that we're grateful right. for what we have, but it doesn't mean that like we can't work for things to be better. Like we can, we can, we can build our ideal life, but it does not exist in looking back at the past and worrying in regret, which I know we've kind of gotten off a little bit of the beaten path here, but I think what this podcast has done is accomplish how do you set boundaries, but not in the way that I thought. I think that once people listen yeah. to this and yeah. go through everything that we've talked about from the things that we've talked about in the swing mechanics and also just mentally, now I want you guys who are listening to go back in and try and set a goal based on everything that we've said. Yeah. Because I think if you can go in with that kind of consideration... <laughs> yep you'll be much more in tune to set absolutely one that's yeah I, achievable I, and worth it the the thing that i've realized is the core reason if i think about all the students that i've seen that have burned out or they stop pushing towards their goal um, is because they lost the reason or never had it for why they enjoy doing the thing that they do mm. you don't chase after a goal you don't want like i don't plan to go on vacation somewhere and then just go somewhere else like, or plan to not go somewhere. Like, why would I want to go there? Like, what's the reason? What gets you excited? Like, oh, that's what makes me excited. I want to go do that. So do the things you enjoy doing 
and use those to get you to where you want to go. If you lose them, you're done. You'll be miserable. You might reach your goal, but you're going to be miserable. It'll probably take you longer. And then set some boundaries on yourself and just take ownership of it. Play be- play better. Play better. <laughs> you know, like, Scotty, play better. You know, great job, Charlie Hoffman. You lost in the playoff. Like, play better. You know, you didn't play bad. Yeah. You just took second. I'm sorry. Oh, man. That was crushing, too. <laughs> It's just hard. Yeah. It's hard to play well, you know, and do something different. I, to me, that's the thing, right? Like you have to do something different. If you want to get what you've never gotten, you have to do something you've never done. Well, that's, I'm stealing that quote. That's like that's definitely, not original. Yeah, no. <laughs> but like, it's a good one to be reminded of, right? It's like, all right, I'm a bit overwhelmed with all the new things we have going here. But for us to get to there, I have to do things I've never done to get to where I've never gotten. To the uncharted waters, which from 2020, I think people can hear that quote too and be like, well, like, I just don't know what to do and hold on. Here we go. Yeah. So do it. Take it. Take it the rest of the way. Yeah. So this will be my last, my last thoughts here, because I think this actually recaps us to like, okay, how can we set something that's meaningful to us? And that is something that we want to achieve. So this is called, this exercise is called life by design. Okay? I love that you read and that you have stuff that you've like learned and you take it in i love it Dude, yeah so this one's called life by design okay this was uh taught to me by another one of my mentors and um the exercise is this instead of starting it from uh you know the starting line and going to the finish line yep. let's take it from the finish line and then work our way back to the starting line so what is our goal for this year okay um For example, let's take something monetary. Okay. I want a new truck by the end of the year. Okay. That's awesome. Now, which truck do you want? Yada, yada. How much cash do you need in order to get that truck? Okay. I need X amount. Okay. Now, when do we want that truck? Okay. Do we want it in six months? Great. Divide that number by six. Do we want it in 18 months? Great. Divide that number by 18. Like you see where I'm going. It's not that you can't achieve the thing that you want. You just have to actually have a reasonable plan to get there. So if I want to go on three vacations with my kids, if I want to go on... Uh, If I want to buy that new truck, if I want to invest X amount, if I want to buy a new house, okay, fine. Let's do that. Let's set a time period and then budget your way back to the starting line. With golf, I think it looks different. If you want to go from like a 10 to a three, okay, now take it. You need some help. Take that goal to Scott and then he will customize a plan for you where he thinks he can get you there in that amount. Yeah. Anything that has... I would say almost any goal you try to achieve needs some sort of guide. But again, could be a mentor. Again, the clarity piece, though. You need yeah. clarity on what you want. Right. It's back to the. This is why I've started asking those two questions, and I don't think I'll ever. There might be some reason why I might not, but like I will probably never again ask the question, "What are your goals?" Without also asking, "What makes it fun for you?" Yeah. I, that's. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. looking back over. Th- almost 15 and 14 years of teaching now that I like I'm literally have numbers of students in my head. I'm going, well, no wonder their mindset suck. They don't do anything. that's fun anymore. No wonder that like pretty much everyone that I've run through in my head. That's the reason mm. set a goal, but do the things you enjoy doing to get there. If you like taking lessons with other people, find some friends and take lessons with them. Like you don't, it doesn't have to be one-on-one. If you don't like one-on-one, don't do one-on-one. 
You can get there in a group. Watch CTC. It's a perfect example. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, and that's what I love about the bridge, too, just to cap this whole thing off, is there's like a way for you to accomplish your goals in a setting that's comfortable for you. It, it's like... <laughs> I mean, if you want group lessons, do the group lessons. If you want to be pushed hard throughout an entire winter, sign up for CTC. If you're embarrassed to swing around other people, fine. Sign up for a, a single, a private lesson with Scott. Like there are ways to do what you want to do. And then afterwards, you can go out on the back porch and grab a drink. Like it's the perfect place to do it. So use golf to accomplish and crush your goals this year. Anything else, Scott? Sweet. Uh, guys, remember, uh, play with the pot. March 31st, Johnson City Country Club, uh, 750 bucks for a team, so 250 each. You'll get to play, play nine holes with Scott, nine holes with me. It's a uh, shorter course, so don't worry about having to be a long bomber. This is more about working your way around strategically, which is all about what this podcast is about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, guys, so much for listening, watching, viewing, subscribing. Give us a five-star rating. Throw us a follow. Subscribe on YouTube. Thanks, y'all, so much for listening to this episode of... Uh, I was about to say a champion's play. I know. I felt it coming. <laughs> the No Mulligans podcast. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>